Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about the recent Fed comments, purchase apps, new home sales, home prices, and the supposed Airbnb bust. We may have just gotten back from Gathering of Eagles, but we're not done with events for 2023 yet. This October, we're headed right back to Austin, Texas for Housing Wire Annual, and we want to see you there. We've got a power-packed agenda with content such as our Women of Influence speakers, peak performer playbooks, CEO playbooks, and more to propel your company forward, as well as a bunch of networking events. Because this event is open to real estate executives, mortgage title, and everyone in between, you really have the opportunity to network with people from all across the housing ecosystem. If you want to learn more about the event, or if you're already ready to get registered, head over to housingwire.com on the events tab and you can learn all about it. Not to mention, if you're an HW Plus member, you're going to get 50% off your ticket. So get registered for HW Plus and get registered for the event so we can see you out in Austin. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. What a crazy day to be here. We have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. Let's start with the Fed being confused about inventory. This was one of the most interesting and just like confounding things that happened this week. Tell me, tell me, give us your view on this. You know, Nick Timoros uh, often interviews uh, the Federal Reserve members and uh, uh, Barkin, one of the Fed presidents said, I didn't fully anticipate higher mortgage rates, uh, convincing people not to list their homes. And I'm like, okay, so now we have four really bad housing takes from four different Fed members, and that's it. So as an institution, I cannot trust them to you know, really fundamentally look at housing economics in a, in a more modern day fashion. The fact that mortgage rates jumped from 3% to 7% in one year, and they were so wild back and forth, uh, uh, as well. And the total cost of housing has took affordability levels to the worst, you know, uh, uh, ever in history. And they don't understand why people aren't listing their home. I mean, Sarah, I am dead serious. If he was an analyst for me, he'd be fired right there. I mean, I was just like, no, you can't, you can't represent me with not understanding some of the basic things. And I, like, we've always stressed Sellers or buyers, when you push or when when the market pushes mortgage rates so much higher in such a short time, and effectively you're telling people not to list their homes just because of the affordability. It's not you know because if you can't afford a house, you go ahead and buy it, right? You buy for a reason. But if you can't afford a house, then why would you sell to be homeless? And oh my, it's so frustrating. To think that this is a Fed president, I understand YouTube crazy people, right? The fanatics of our country. I get why they would say, you know, they they might say something great, but the Fed president to say, I I do I higher mortgage rates convince people not to list their homes. No, that's not how inventory channels have worked for over a decade now. So that was a bit scary that he would even say that 
to be quoted. Um, and of course, what what what's occurred is new listings data started to go negative year over year after the second half of 2022. It always goes negative, right? Or the volume falls, but it was negative year over year and it stayed its course all the way around. So fundamentally, now that all everyone who's here uh, listening to our podcast, sellers are buyers. So when you make housing unaffordable, you're net taking a an inventory out of the product because they 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 won't sell their house to buy another one. And this is it's been hard convincing people this for a long time, but the fact that the Fed president said I I just didn't anticipate. Oh. I mean I mean uh, Waller our favorite person said housing's fine. It was in a recession. Um Home prices are, you know, going up again. So uh, this might be bad for inflation. No, home prices don't filter itself to inflation. The housing bubble year showed us this. So there's just, I, I just, I, I can't trust them, right? I can't trust, I can't trust them if they're thinking this now. And if they're thinking this now, then what are they going to think later on? That's my concern now. That this is not a group that understands the fundamental credit channel dynamics of housing. And if they're saying that in public, that really shows, whoa, they must be having an internal discussion at the Fed on this topic. Well, and to your point, I mean, you don't even have to be an analyst to, uh, you know, like you said, oh, if he was an analyst, definitely that. But like, just your average person knows that this would have had a huge effect on people listing their homes. I mean, you just had to be a person to know this. So it's crazy to me that he came out and said that because then you go, so the Fed policy that they're doing, do they not even understand what the effects of that have been on housing, on consumers, on our industry? Uh, no. And, I, and, and part of this is if you're if you're working off of uh, housing economic models at the start of the century, where home sales were booming and inventory was rising, that's because the credit channels were different back then. So I just it 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 really is. It was it was it was so depressing to see uh, Barkin say that. I'm just like, oh come on, really? You can't be this off, but you are, and. Um, it is what it is, you know. I mean, I think some of us have to do a better job of educating the Federal Reserve members and uh, the the country more. But uh, people don't sell to be homeless; they sell because they list their homes majority of the time to buy another one. And if affordability is worse, some of those people go away. So it's not; it shouldn't have been a, a shock. Um, so, I mean, that was just disappointing. I mean, I, I sat there in disbelief for like five minutes. I'm thinking, did he really say that? And then I had to do a whole, you know, Twitter thread storm on it. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would be best for the Federal Reserve that they just let me come to the office and give a whole <laughs> little dissertation on how housing economics and credit channels work because they don't have the luxury of being this off, right? Uh, other people do because they they're they're not working for the government or managing the economy, but they can't be this wrong. We don't have the luxury of them being this off. I mean, there are real world consequences to what they're doing. We can see it in our industry. You can see it in housing. I mean, we don't have the luxury. Yeah. All right. Well, next topic, uh, purchase applications. Yes. And this is surprising a lot of people. Um, Purchase apps were up 3%. Uh, week to week, the year over year decline is the lowest since August 24th, 2022. But we have to be mindful the year over year comps are going to get very easy, especially in the second half of 2023. But uh, three straight weeks of positive data with rates 
hovering near seven. I mean, that's, you know, that's something. And, and then again, this goes into a broader topic of mind that everything in housing changed on November 9th. And also on November 9th, we wrote that article that existing home sales look like their forward-looking data look like it's going to get to 4 million. So because I, I that 4 million level is very key to my work because we have not been able to break under 4 million with any kind of duration uh, um, really since 1996. This means that the buyers that are here now are just a different breed than those, you know, when we're dealing with existing home sales being at six and a half million. So the affordability indexes that people use all the time that kept on talking about home sales are going to crash even more and more and more. They don't really apply on an apples to apples basis with this group. And that's why I've always said that for, I mean, I did the same thing in during COVID, uh, 4 million numbers, really key. So right now demand is just stable, but if you go back to November 9th, taking all the weekly data. Now we have 20 positive prints versus 11 negative prints. This is the weeklies data. Year to date, 13 positive prints, 11 negative prints. Um, in that context, that's not a crashing housing demand uh, a data line. So uh, home sales have stabilized in the existing home sales market, and partly it's because this is it. I mean, the majority of the buyers are always mortgage buyers. So to get the 2022 second half market, you would need home sales to crash to you know 2.2 million or something to that nature. And they're not. We've been able to have ever, so far every single print has been above four million, and the ability to uh, uh, get sales much lower from here it's going to take a little bit more work. Uh, and I think uh, that's that's the difference right now. And hopefully now people can understand demand is stabilized for the existing home sales market, where the new home sales market is still growing uh, uh, on a on a year over year basis. The two different marketplaces, two different. Uh, 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 housing markets in a sense that the new home sales market is so much smaller and those home buyers typically make more money than an existing home sale. And uh, we just saw this in the new home sales report uh, that we had yesterday. Huge new home sales report in some ways. Tell, tell us about, I mean, people, people were yeah, the The best way I could explain this is that no, after November 9th, the entire housing market dynamic changed, but it changed more for the new home sales market. And uh, the forward-looking builders confidence index started to improve then. Uh, and I think a lot of people just assume that uh, the new home sales market would keep on tanking because cancellation rates were high. Well, the builders are what I call efficient sellers. What they do is they look at homes as a commodity, not a like a place to live in. They, they're not living in that house. So they don't they have completely different uh, economic structures. They do not like to have active completed home supply over three months. So they will pull the lever when they need to. Uh, and home sales were low. I think a big talking point of ours, if you actually take new home sales last year, you adjust it to the cancellation rates, meaning that new home sales are actually a little bit lower than, than what the headline report is. It doesn't take much to move the needle. So in for them, they just pay down rates, cut prices. They do what they need to do to move product. And it's held. The Builders Confidence Index has risen pretty much every month since then. And the new home sales data has risen every single month. So I think that was hard for people to 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 believe. Um, you know, there some other famous Wall Street analysts were talking about, you know, we're Japan, there's too much inventory, there's all the none of that happened. Um, builders confidence rose. You go with that, new home sales rose. Monthly supply, though, monthly supply is almost back to normal. 
That is a huge deal. And when I talk about normal is I've got my own models for the builders and uh, a three-month average under six and a half months supply. If new home sales growing, they will start kicking in with permits. Uh, uh, and we we saw a slight delay on this in 2018 where rates got to 5%. But here, if they keep on going, you're going to get permits up and permits is a leading indicator for the economy. So I think there's just so much confusion with the new home sales market because a lot of bearish economic people has said housing leads us into recession and leads us out. Some of these are Wall Street firms. Some of these are stock traders. The builder's confidence is in positive territory now. If monthly supply keeps on going lower and new home sales keep on rising, they're going to start kicking the permits up even more. That, in a sense, destroys their own model if they stay recessionary or they need to make some adjustments. They need to say that, well, the builders have just a very unique situation here and uh, we didn't fully understand this. And that's fair. That's completely fine. But I think that's where the confusion is right now. I can see it personally just watching some Wall Street firms and stock traders. They don't know what to make of this. Because under every single circumstance, you go with uh, builders' confidence data, you go with new home sales, because that's usually when the expansion is coming, except rates are at 6 to 7%, but not for the builders, right? Not every new home sold has a buy-down, right? I think you know in the fall of last year, it was like 33%. Recently, I think that number was 21%. might be a little bit higher right now, but... Uh, majority of the homes are still bought with market rates. So it's just that they can they can provide lower rates than the existing home sales market. And that explains why existing home sales are down 20% year over year, but the new home sales market is up 20% year over year. Well, walk us through what, because you know we have this um, new home sales number, but it's not like all of those homes are available right now. So where are we? You know, We've talked a lot about like here they're still under construction, here they haven't even started construction. Where are those numbers right now? So as of today, we have 69,000 new homes available for sale that are completed. Um, Wait, like in the entire United in States? In the entire country. That's all. That's it. I mean, I mean, we, we have 63,000 new listings uh, this week, this last week for existing homes. So we're pretty much uh, a, a good example. Last year at this time, new listings data was 84,000. Right. So we, 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 the existing home sales market is where majority of the inventory is given. I think there's so much confusion on this topic because you see these people say there's more homes under construction and ever in millions, or that's not how it works. All you have to do is read one new home sales report in the last 15 years. You would have got it. This is why we believe reading is a good thing. Right. And again, the history of human civilization has taught us the people that read have a little bit better understanding than the people that don't read. And now we sit here with the monthly supply data coming down with only 69,000 new homes available for sale. Now, there's 100,000 homes that are um, that are not constructed yet. They're, they're, the, 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 the dirt hasn't even had a shovel go in there yet. So they ha- that, that's a very high supply for that. And roughly like 259,000 homes are under construction still. Uh, so they're building that. So that's a, that's actually a, a high number. But all a lot of those numbers are just coming down because the builders can sell products. They're very efficient in managing that. So the notion that this part of the economy was going to give like millions of homes to the marketplace and home prices were going to crash, reading. This is why I stress reading. One, 
just one new home sales report read in the last 15 years, you would have known this. And I'm sitting here and I've realized nobody has actually ever read a new home sales report ever. So so I'm here to explain that. So hopefully everybody can understand that uh, the there, there's like 1.1 month of supply that is actually available for sale. Uh, and then the rest is either uh, under construction or not constructed yet. So I just this weekend there was a um, some famous people in the housing industry who went on you know different things about oh millions of homes are coming on the market and so I'm like are they getting that because they're looking at the new home sales report and they're looking at the apartment building I mean I don't know where they're getting these numbers from there aren't millions of homes coming on the market we wish they were I'm gonna say like ninety percent of the people that that do this are just trolling like 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 it's there's there's nothing there's there's nothing we've actually seen like here's a good example uh in 2005 if we use the nar data uh we had 2.5 million active listings so the biggest inventory uh not crash but a velocity of inventory rising was from 2005 to 2007 that was a forced credit sellers that took inventory from two and a half million to four million so the biggest increase in, in inventory ever recorded in the history of America happened because a credit uh, uh, boom was busting. That was still only 1.5 million <laughs> active listings. That, that was the historical anomaly. And that's why I like to show those historical charts. So I, I, I'm, ju- I'm just hoping that these people, they know they're lying because there's actually, there's, there's, there's not enough product available uh, in the single family homes to actually bring in millions of homes. The existing inventory is where actual the inventory growth happens. And what what happens uh, in 2014, demand gets weak, days on markets grow. We had 200,000 homes increase that year. Last year, if you actually use the NAR data, there was, there was no real inventory growth last year. Uh, if you use other metrics, you can see the velocity of inventory. But I always like to stress to people, we love Altos Research because it's the freshest, newest, clearest data line that we have in America. And last year, we had 240,000 single-family homes available for sale. This is after the pendings. You know, These are just raw homes available at the end of the week. The biggest crash in home sales history also tied with the lowest inventory ever recorded history. And that crash now has gone from 240,000 homes, single family homes to 459,000. That was it. That, that the biggest crash in sales. So if we're going to use that period in time, that was what, 200,000 homes roughly as well. So the notion of millions of homes coming to the market and flooding is, we, we don't even have history on this. We don't, we, we don't have, we, we had the housing bubble crash where inventory skyrocketed. But like I said, those were what I call forced credit sellers sell to be homeless. They could be homeless. They can't buy another home. They either rent, live with a family member or friend, or be homeless at that point. Here, demand, that equilibrium, right? Homes don't go onto the market without any bids. There are there are buyers there. If there are no buyers, inventory can escalate. And now this year, we see it in the uh, inventory. That's why when I went on CNBC a few weeks ago, I said, it's like the walking dead this year. Um, it's very slow. It's normal. I mean, I, I prefer more active listings growth, an additional three to 8,000 more than what we're getting. I'm perfectly happy with that, but we're not getting that right now. So, uh, uh, I think sometimes we look at what happened last year and we think that was a normal, but not a normal event. 
I mean, that was a historically abnormal event. We were working from the lowest levels ever recorded in history, and we had the biggest home sales crash ever recorded in history. That happened. And that gave us, per the Altos research data, 210,000 active listings today. As of this, we're almost in July 4th. Okay. Well, the the biggest um, story there this week that, that made the rounds was the Airbnb crash. So, so here you have existing homes, right? They're out there. They were bought by people who put them on Airbnb. And now, uh, I, I can't remember the exact number, like 40% people are 40% down on their, um, uh, that, that number is actually incorrect. The, uh, yes. uh so the, I want, I want you to talk about the Airbnb thing. Cause you so the, the Airbnb, the Airbnb bus people are anti-central bank people. Anti-central bank people are a 24-7 doomsday clan. Why There's are there nothing so else to many anti-central bank because, because, Sarah, some people are born into bondage. They are born after 1913. And when you're born after 1913, there is a hole in your soul. <laughs> and you can't fill that hole ever. So you wake up every single day and you doom porn post daily. And nothing's going to change. Only I I I'm I know these people. They never change. They wake up every day. Darkness has filled their mind. So every day, as long as there is a Federal Reserve institution, they are the craziest doomsday people, and they will never leave. This is who they are. So the Airbnb bus people are all anti-central bank people. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Once again, they will latch on to anything because. I think the only time these people were ever happy was during the housing bubble crash, because then they said the Fed manipulated and pushed. It was actually a credit boom, credit bust. It was the loan uh, distribution quality, not actually lower rates. We had lower rates. We had rates. I mean, this is key for everyone to realize. We had mortgage rates between three and a quarter to 5% in the longest economic expansion ever recorded in history. It was the weakest housing recovery ever. We didn't have like escalation demand or or uh, booming home prices. So they feel like the corruption of the world is belong to an institution of the Federal Reserve. This is why they've forsaken their life to latch onto any crazy doom posting. And the Airbnb thing is, I even, I even joked about it on Twitter yesterday. I said, if you believe in the Airbnb bust, you will see it in the new homes listings data. And so far this year, new listings data has been trending at all time lows. And this is why we value reading. Because if you can read, then you know that a bust typically means a flood of supply because people cannot or hold on to their properties. If this was an Airbnb bust was actually a 2021 theory because back then there was nobody traveling. That's where the Airbnb bust started, right? There's nobody's traveling, you know, the checks are gone, everybody. No, it didn't happen. So let's wait for the data to come to us. Right, because we are an educated society, we believe in reading. And if there was a bust, we wouldn't see new listings data trending at all-time lows every single week since the mid part of 2022. Okay, so walk us through the numbers. The people who are saying they're an Airbnb bust, why are those numbers wrong, or are they just interpreting? Well, their 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 revenue bases are wrong. They're just they're just assuming that the I mean the revenue bases were off by like by thirty thirty percent. So. Um, you know, a lot of times when you look at year over year data, if you have a very strong year and the next year is a decline, um, uh, the percentages can be really wide and it can happen on the positive side as well. Um, but I, I just, I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. 
if there is a bust in housing where people cannot hold on to their properties, they will list their properties and we'll see it in the new listings data. Just keep it as simple as that um, and realize this is why we did that foreclosure fanatics podcast a few months ago. I know these people. Darkness makes them smile. Foreclosures, people losing their jobs, getting kicked out. These are the things that they want. So we're prepping the country for this, right? How to track this data because it's not this year, right? It wasn't 2021, 2022, but every single year they will not stop because this is who they are. And this is who I am. We believe there is a conflict, darkness versus light, right? So we will always be connected in this way. I'll, I have the data to back me up. They have an ideological and you don't, people don't understand if you truly believe in an ideological premise, you don't know how crazy you can get. And they're getting older, Sarah, they're getting older. These are old guys. These are mostly old guys getting older and time's not on their side. So it is unfortunate for them that the collapse of the United States of America, and I've always said this, all American bears have failed since 1790 for a reason, right? And if you really wanted to do a collapse of America, 17, 18, 1900, you know, those, those were really tough times back then. Now, really? This is, this is the time, this, you wasted your life on this? Come on, follow the data, keep it simple, ignore that group, new listings data. We will catch it. We have the numbers, we have the data. If something happens, we can't miss it, but it's not this year. You can't have a bust and have the all-time lows in listings, new listings data. It doesn't, it, a, a, a coherent person understands this, but when you're part of a cult and you don't know you're part of a cult, then you just say this stuff every single day. That's who they are. Why do you think I want to take these people on live debate, Sarah? Because if I get them on camera, then everyone gets to see them, but their family members get to see them. Their children get to see them. Their coworkers get to see them and they can't run. They can't hide. No, you're right. Uh, definitely. And and it is it is sad that they don't know that they're in a cult. Okay. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, which also this week, the home price indexes, indices, however you say that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> saying I told you so just doesn't cut it uh, anymore. Um, FHFA home prices back-to-back months on all-time highs. The Case-Shiller index is, uh, the Case-Shiller index is 1.8% away from an all-time highs. The monthly data is uh, growing. And people say this assumption, well, uh, seasonality of prices always are strong uh, in early price. This is very true, except for 2008, right? If you read, oh God, reading, Sarah, it always goes back to reading. It's, a, it's unbelievable how this works. If you actually go back to the month-to-month data in 2008 and nine, there were declines. There were noticeable declines. Here, it isn't the case. Uh, case Shiller is the last one because it lags. Uh, Zillow is almost at an all-time high in prices. Uh, First Americans at all-time high. So, uh, it's not so much that the price weakness is there compared to what we saw in 2020 and 2021 in the early part of 2022, but the crash isn't. Um, so hopefully that explains, I, I could try to connect the dots here, but if you actually go back to November 9th and you look at all the housing data, if you believe in the purity of math, facts, and numbers and data, you can actually see an entire sector of an economy turn with forward-looking data. Um, this is why we created the tracker so people could look forward. 
And uh, the home price, you know, uh, Case, if, if Case Shiller, if the price indexes actually get better, Case Shiller will be at an all-time high by the end of the year or by September, October. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it, what we've seen is some of the indexes are at all-time highs. Why? Inventory is low, demand stabilized. Stabilization demand in a low inventory, traditionally, if we go back in history 500 years, there's not anything that calls price crashes in that environment. If demand kept on crashing, then you have something, right? That, that was the whole 2023 forecast. I'm trying to explain to people. If mortgage rates are above 5.875, that's why I have that right there, and demand kept on crashing, then yeah, you just continue that. But that changed on November 9th. And there's nothing in the data right now that shows demand is falling at the same velocity that we had in 2022. If that was the case, then we go with it. But it's not here, right? We're almost July 4th. We're almost, we're talking about eight months of data now. And people are thinking, oh, wait a second. Wasn't this not supposed to? I mean, wait, wh- why are prices down? And I just think, again, reading is good. Visual skills are good. If you can't read or can't visually see, then it's it's difficult. I totally get it. I, I understand it. But we're all here. We're all functioning adults. Functioning adults read and can see the data. And that's why we do those charts. We're trying to connect the dots for people. So if there is something in the future that's negative, it's negative. If it's positive, it's positive. But we don't make stuff up, right? We have the data to show this. Now, I would argue that the housing community doesn't do a good enough job of taking on these people, right? Because that's just not their personality. But that's why you have me here, right? That's my job. I, I, I just, just, just who I am. I, I just want these people on live camera debates and then I could just let them talk. And we did this last year. Muhammad Amma, stock investor, great conversation. Everything he said didn't happen. I know this because housing people are different than stock traders. Stock traders are different. Housing people work off demographic models, affordability, inventory channels. Stock traders move off charts. And when you move off charts, you don't understand the underlying economics of what needs to happen for that chart to go down in a fast fashion. And that's the difference between a liquid market and a market that's not very liquid unless you have forced credit sellers. Forced credit sellers, whole thing changes. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I do think it's interesting because every time you do a story for us, there are many charts. And what do I always ask you, Logan? I'm like, do we need this chart? Why do we have to have this chart? Like, I'm always wanting to cut the charts because, you know, the longer things are, people have to scroll, whatever. And, and you always are coming back to me like, that is the most no. important chart. You cannot cut no, that. No, you can't take that chart out. You can't. <laughs> take, you want to take my charts away from me, Sarah. That's what you want. I you want to. You want to control me and my charts, and I'm just not going to let that happen. So that people don't uh, understand, we do this every single time you you write an article. I, I question every chart, or I make you justify yeah. everything. And, and, and again, the, the the charts are designed to connect the dots, right? right? And, and hopefully, now that we're we're at the halfway point of the year. Hopefully, people can see why forward-looking data is very critical, and and it was and it was in a sense. I mean, I, I I do have empathy for people. Last year was so crazy, right? If you imagine if you didn't track housing data daily, and you saw the biggest home sale crash ever recorded in history and prices falling, you naturally would have believed that that crash would continue unless you have experience in tracking data daily. Right. This is where experience kicks in. And knowing that four million level is hard to break under. And okay, I'm gonna put my 
you know, foot down and say the 10 year yield peaked at four and a quarter and the next move should be lower in rates. I mean, we would be having a different conversation if the 10 year yield is at five and a quarter and mortgage rates are at eight to 10%. Right. But that's, that's that when you make a call like that, you go with it because that's what you believe in. And that's why we wrote that article on October 27th. We said, okay, here it is. I, for all these reasons, believe the 10 year yield short term has peaked and the next move will be lower. And so far this year, the channel has stuck on the 10 year yield. It has indeed. We didn't even talk. We, we just barely touched on uh, mortgage rates, but we are out of time. So we will talk about that again in a few days. Logan, thank you so much for being on. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.